0: Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SWAT radio program on a rainy Monday here in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm David Gray, along with my friend Doug McCary. From His Light Ministries, Brad Sykes is, I think, on the road today. And we, as always, are glad to be with you here on SWAT Radio. Glad you're listening, whether on WMOX, one of our, I think, new stations, new affiliates in Meridian, along with WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, on the Lighthouse in Chesapeake, Virginia, and and I think that covers coastal Carolina area as well, and here in Jacksonville on 91.7 The Truth. Also heard on 91.9 and 91.3 in St. Augustine and Folkestone, Georgia. Glad you're with us. And, Doug, it is a monsoon out there right now.
2: Yeah, you know, um, in case you folks didn't know, we've just been getting deluged in Jacksonville. Meridian, it's kind of cloudy, kind of dry right now. Virginia, kind of cloudy with a slight chance of rain. Jacksonville, wet. Yeah. It's just wet. And it's been that way for yeah, a month. Yeah, it is wet. Hey, right. uh, uh, hey, shout out to you and Brad. Uh, thank you all for doing the Discipleship Friday. That's been going good. I love the format and what you guys are doing. And if you're just tuning in to SWAT radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And um, the radio program <clears throat> spawned out of SWAT Bible Studies, which start back this week. We... We go on a semester basis, September to December, and then January through May. And we take a break for the summer and over the Christmas break. And we've been in the book of Acts, Dave. And next week, uh, we're going to take this week in the swap meetings and kind of review because everybody's been out for the summer. And I always like for people to be in context as we work through a passage. And so. It's really important. So we're going to review this week one through 16 in one study, just kind of a 50,000 foot first 16 chapters of acts took us two years to get through it. And we're going to just review it in one week, but on air this week, we're going to look at chapters one through eight next week. We'll hit nine through 16 and reviewing for our listeners on the radio. So for people on WMOX who goes, what are they talking about? Well, We teach the Bible verse by verse here. Monday through Wednesday, we usually go through and discuss what we teach in the Bible studies. Me and either Brad or David or uh, somebody else sitting with me or sitting with Brad or David. And uh, we just kind of talk about the text in context. And it's so important to know context. And Brad and I say this all the time, David, that you can never uh, plumb the depths of Scripture. Mm. I don't care how much you read it, but the Jewish people knew the Old Testament about Messiah. They knew those prophecies. They knew the passages. And we don't know the text. And I learned something last night with Lori. We We were looking at something, and we learned something that we never known, and we've been studying for a long time. And it just makes us want to learn it more. And it's that when John was baptizing, one of the first places he was baptizing was the same place, the Kirith Valley, that Elijah passed the mantle to Elisha. Mm-hmm. And what else happened there? He was taken up there. Now, every Jewish person, when they heard the name of that valley, would have thought of Elijah. hmm Who was John the Baptist supposed to be? He is
1: the prophecy of the next coming of Elijah, right? The forerunner. Now, you wouldn't
2: know that if you didn't know the Old Testament text where it talks about Elijah doing that. And so I've read through the Bible a bunch of times and didn't know that. So all that to say, if you're just tuning in, I hope you'll stick around with us. And, uh, you know, it's so funny. I got an email, David, over the weekend from a, a person that was driving through Mississippi, from Louisville, turned the radio station on, heard the broadcast, sent an email, because this guy does a Christian television program in Louisville, said he was encouraged, wanted to reach out and just thank us for being on the air. So thanks, WMER, WMOX, for broadcasting us there, uh, Lighthouse up in Virginia, and uh, you know uh, Stu Epperson for putting us on, here in Jacksonville and Folkestone, Georgia, and making it possible for us to broadcast in St. Augustine and the Internet. Yep. Just um uh, it's it's just a great platform for communication and you never know when somebody's just gonna turn it on and be encouraged. And, and
1: you know, Doug, just to add to what you said about um how you you know, you've read the Bible so much and you're still always finding things that you didn't see before. God's teaching you something new. And the other thing to add to that is and we've talked about this how important it is for us to know scripture particularly now where truth is under such attack oh my yeah. right i mean
2: it, well truth it, it, is subjective now yeah it's whatever your your truth is yours my truth is mine right and and biblical truth is not subjective right
1: right i remember chuck colson used to do a a little bit on that or not a bit that's the wrong word but a. A discussion on that and he used an example about people talking about well what's true for them or their truth versus my truth and you hear that kind of language a lot mm-hmm. and colson used to say i don't know why you picked this particular thing but he said you can believe with your whole heart that you're a can of diet coke it doesn't make it true mm-hmm. the zealousness of belief doesn't make something true and yet people equate zealousness of belief with truth. Yeah, And it's it's not. you Again, you use the old adage, you can believe all you want, that two and two make five. The reality is that's not true, even though you believe it. And I think that's what we're facing, and that's a kind of a simplified version of it, but, but that's what we're facing is people, because they believe something strongly or are zealous for something, they want us to validate that it's true mm-hmm. when the Bible says otherwise. So... Anyway, I think that Alistair Begg I've said this before once I heard him say and it's probably not original with him, but ignorance breeds confusion. And if you don't know what the scriptures say, then you're liable to believe anything.
2: Well, David, are you did, did you ever read um George Orwell's book um uh, Did you ever read... Either 1984 1984. or or Animal Farm. No, but really 1984. A long, long time ago. Okay, so for those people who may not have read his book, he pointed out that uh, one of the ways the government will lie is to basically make this huge lie. This is his premise in the book. And then they'll use language in such a way that actually ha- you, you adopt a belief that represents the opposite of what you entitle it. But the lie is so big that, that it doesn't, you know, you're like, and, and the reason I'm bringing that up is this summer Congress is a, put into uh, up for vote the Respect for Marriage Act. And just to go along with Orwell on this is that it legalizes same-sex marriage, which has always been seen as taboo in every culture throughout time. And basically they're saying that whatever definition of marriage a state wants to choose, other states have to recognize it. Mm -hmm. And so... It goes against God's design for marriage, and believers are torn between this now. And now, traditionally, Republicans in this country have been fairly conservative in their moral value system. In other words, they've, they pretty much tried to align with the biblical value system of, of traditional biblical values, which is God made a man to marry a woman and a woman to marry man. That's his design. Every culture throughout time has recognized that as a marriage. Now, some cultures say men can have multiple wives. In, in African cultures, that happens. In other uh, cultures, that can happen. But it's always been between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. No culture has ever said that that's normal. The animal kingdom treats it as abnormal, and yet now our government is codifying this absurd thing saying the Respect for Marriage Act so that whatever each state decides, uh, and and now you got 47 Republicans going. So what do we do as Christians? And by the way, the 2015 Obergefell versus Hodges, which legalized gay marriage nationwide, isn't even nobody's arguing that nobody's trying to change that right now, but they're so nervous after what happened with Roe v. Wade mm. that they're trying to codify it before something happens. Cause why they know deep down it's not right. Yeah. yeah. They, and, 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 and they know that. Yeah. And so as believers, what do we do? We pray, we speak truth in love, right? And we don't compromise. Folks, Folks, we cannot compromise truth. That doesn't mean you're hateful. That doesn't mean you bully. It just means that you speak the truth about God's design. Right, right. And that what you just talked about in a nutshell is what's
1: happening in lots of different areas, right? It's not enough to have someone try, as you put it, codify an untruth. It's that we who disagree must validate it as true. Mm-hmm. That's really, it used to be tolerance was you accepted somebody's right to believe, but you didn't have to agree with it. That's right. Now, if you don't agree with it, you're hateful, you're a bigot, you're anti-whatever. Yeah. And that's a huge shift, right, in yeah. in the culture. We don't have the ability to respectfully disagree anymore or disagree in love if you don't validate you're labeled as a hateful person
2: yes um well you know the, the the most absurd thing is funny you look at quote Uh-oh. oh i think we're at a break sorry we got right. a little well we're I, still talking okay. because the light's still on <laughs> we're gonna go to break all right okay uh, yeah we're, we're gonna that. go to break It's when you look at rachel levin who's a man not a woman rachel levin is a man I always think of Klinger and MASH. We (laughs) laughed about that. Yes, yes. And that's how absurd it is now. Right. You you can't even put that on Twitter. They're going to ban you. Put it on Facebook. So when we come back, we're going to jump into Acts and see how the truth is supposed to be impacting our culture.
1: Stay with us on SWAT Radio. We'll be right back.
3: We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. go back and forth finding myself pounding on a locked door i try to make it out alone without your help but i know i never win this war i can never be never be free without you i can never be never be me without
1: you welcome back to swat radio everyone david gray in with doug mccary we are glad that you are with us. We are jumping back into the book of Acts, as Doug was describing. Uh, we're going to be starting up the SWAT Bible Studies this week, and Doug will be doing a review of what we've covered over the last year or two. Actually, has it been two years, that, Doug? Yeah,
2: just about it. Two yeah.
1: years in Acts, and uh, today we're going we're gonna to do a, an overview of chapters uh, one to three, and uh, Is it one to three today? Today's one to three. You're right.
2: Um, And, and, uh, you know, Dave, real quick, because we didn't get into this first section and we were um, Friday. Y'all were doing discipleship. Yesterday was September 11th. -hmm. And I I, I don't want to let that go by without first acknowledging that 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 was a a huge day in our lifetime. Uh, Unless you're over 80, and remember Pearl Harbor, maybe. Um, September 11th was a day everybody remembers where they were at because it was such a, you know, really a terrifying moment for a country because we we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know where there were bombs. We didn't know, you know, how many planes. There was a massive effort to terrorize the country. And, you know, for about three to four weeks afterwards, everybody – was in church, everybody was thinking about spiritual things, everybody was thinking about eternity and and the brokenness of our world. And then after about three or four weeks, everybody went back. It it didn't mean our world didn't change. TSA came into being. Uh, The government wrote the Patriot Act, which now – people are finding out they're listening to more phone calls than you ever knew the government was listening to big brother got bigger Mm -hmm. in an effort to protect Mm -hmm. you're always it's funny to me how much people will be willing to sacrifice for safety but only god can give us safety Mm -hmm. and um you know when you think about the disciples the apostles specifically you know not everybody is an apostle the, the word, I mean, we are in a little A apostle sense, but there's big A apostles that were given specific gifting and uh, really what I call a commission by yeah. God yeah. to go out. And it was the t- the 12 and Paul and people that God empowered those guys to go out to do things that, We, we have the ability to do if God so chose to give it, but it was normative for them during this time Mm -hmm. in acts. Now there's, there's churches out there and believers that try to say that it's normative for every believer to do those things. But I would disagree because I believe scripture doesn't teach that. For instance, John the Baptist didn't do any miracles. He didn't speak in tongues that we know of. Right. But he baptized Jesus, and Jesus said, among men born of women, there's none greater than him. Why? He pointed to Jesus. Yep. Well, and none greater up to that point. Up to that right? point. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Up yeah. to that point. Yep. Yeah. But my point being, Elijah did miracles. Hmm. Moses did miracles. But but they weren't greater than right. John. Why? Yeah. Because he prepared the way for Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so often we get caught up in this desire to see sign gifts and do things like that. And we, you know, people even refer to themselves as apostles in a big A sense. And and I want to address that as we look at Luke in this review of the first uh, three chapters. You know, Acts 1, Luke kind of lays out. Why he's writing, first of all, he's writing to a guy named Theophilus. The word means friend of God. Theo means God, and Philus means friend. And this was a, a noble uh, Gentile official. Uh, in the first book, the Gospel of Luke that he wrote, he said, Oh, excellent, Theophilus, mm. you know, most his excellency, which would indicate he's some kind of government official but now he just calls him theophilus but luke being the only gentile contributor to the new testament yeah. basically chronicles how the gospel goes out from jerusalem to rome from the beginning of acts to the end that's where that's where he's taking us mm. and luke was very well educated and he traveled very you know all over the place and he wanted to make sure that the people understood that salvation was not just for one group, class, or people. In fact, in Acts two, he said, "For all whom the Lord our God, uh, from all whom the Lord our God calls to Himself." So, even though Luke is not an apostle, he describes the first apostles' ministry primarily Peter in chapters 1 through 12, mm-hmm. and then Paul in ver- chapters 13 through 28. Peter and Paul were both filled with the Spirit. They both preached God's Word with uh, boldness. They both preached that Jesus was crucified, risen, and Christ was the only way of salvation. They both preached to Gentiles. They both received a vision. They both were imprisoned. Now think about this, the similarities mm-hmm. between them. All right, but um, Luke validates Paul's apostleship. Why do you think that's necessary? Because Paul was not
1: one of the original twelve. That's right, and he wasn't. But he was in Jesus' presence on the road to Damascus, and he was directly commissioned by G- by he, Jesus.
2: He was, and I want to take that to the point. Listen, the theme of all preaching is, in Acts is preaching the risen Christ. So a qualification to be a big A apostle is seen in Acts 1, 21. Read verses 1, 21, and 22, and I think we got a caller we're going to get to after you read this.
1: Okay, so Acts 1, verses 21 and 22. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection.
2: Yeah. So they it had to be somebody who had been with them and who saw the resurrected Jesus. Did Paul meet that requirement?
1: Absolutely. He
2: did. Did Paul do miracles? He did. And he had seen Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. and uh, And you know what's interesting? Paul might have been there when Jesus was around before that.
1: Yeah. studying and course, at the
2: feet of Gamaliel. Of
1: course, of the 13 big-A apostles, Paul was the only one to see Jesus from heaven.
2: Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> so kidding. he had an even different qualification. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, in this book, what we're going to see as we go on, the gospel is preached to all people. Sinners are saved, all people. The church grows. God's put on display Believers suffer just like Jesus did, and the Lord protects people at different times to fulfill his plan. But suffering is a part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and Acts is really nothing more than the continued work of Jesus through his people. Thousands of followers and disciples continue to collect the elect of God in the world, Mm -hmm. and so... That's what we're going to be looking at. We'll get a little more specific, but let's see what this caller wants to say.
1: Jimmy, are you there? I'm here. How are you today? What can we do for you?
0: Well, you pretty well covered what I was going to say, but uh, you know, I've dealt with this years now. You know, the the difference between an apostle and a disciple, and uh, you know, we're disciples. But we're definitely not apostles, and and you've pretty well covered that. So, uh, <laughs> hey, where are you
2: calling from?
0: I thought, uh, you don't know where I live. I I listen to WMOXWMER. You ever been there? I have. <laughs> <laughs> There's I have.
2: a bunch of machetes
0: running around this area. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right. Well, good. Well, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're calling from there. Uh, are you listening on NMOX or M-E-R? Well, I don't want to get in trouble with Bill Smith or, uh, you
0: know... No, it don't matter. Don't listen,
2: listen. Bill has a good <laughs> attitude about it. I'm just glad that we're broadcasting on both, but are you picking us up pretty good there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've i
0: got you on M-E-R FM and uh, that, I get a good signal. Uh, I'm I'm traveling right now, so I, that's what I'm listening to. Well, Jimmy, this
1: is David. Let me apologize to you guys from Mississippi for my Boston accent. <laughs> uh, listen, listen, don't worry about it. We love people with different accents. Yeah, I tell you, uh,
0: variety is the spice of life. If, uh, there you go. Sheridan sure used to say. There you go. Anyway, yeah. Y'all take care. All right,
2: th- it. Th- thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate you calling yeah. in. You know, he he was calling to just um, again the qualifications for an apostle were to have been a witness of the resurrected Jesus because in First Corinthians, uh, Paul, First uh, Corinthians nine, Paul says, "I am an apostle to have been explicitly chosen by the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and to have the ability to perform signs and wonders and and you know." 2,000 years now, we're not working on the foundation anymore. They were foundation. If you look throughout the Bible, miracles were not apparent all the time. Right. They were at different periods of time in the Bible. When Moses, did one of the most significant Old Testament events was what? The deliverance of the people sure. from Egypt. That was a period. When was another? When the prophets came in with Elijah. And then when Jesus was here. So... Chapter one really starts off with them replacing Judas, and when they did that, they had to select, and that was a qualification. That's the only reason I bring that up. Yep. Is they bring that up now? When we come back, we want to look at what were the, what was the message, what was the priority, and what was really the plan of God's people carrying the message. Then we're going to jump into chapter two and three real quick, Dave.
1: Great. All right. Well, stay with us on SWAT Radio, Uh, David Gray and Doug McCary. We're going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for the news. Thanks to Jimmy for calling. If any of you have a question or a comment and want to call, it's 844-777-7928. And we will be right back on SWAT Radio. Life is to me. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. David Gray and Doug McCary with you here for the second half of the program. That's a great song, those lyrics. There I Was on Death Row um, reminds me of, uh, we've talked about it in here before, the great curriculum that I did once with, written by a guy named Jack Miller, an old Presbyterian pastor from Philadelphia called Sonship. Yeah. And oh, one yeah. of his analogies was trying to explain our adoption into god's family he said you know there may be a governor or an official that has pardoned someone from a, for a crime or someone on death row but how many times did that governor then adopt the person and invite him to come be part of their family be part of their family and uh, i thought i always thought that was a great analogy and that the lyric in that song reminded me of it so
2: yeah i love that song well hey you're listening to swat radio we're talking about acts mm. We're just kind of reviewing chapters 1 through 3. We'll do 4, 5, maybe 4, 5, and 6 tomorrow, 7 and 8 on Wednesday. And then uh, next week, we'll do the rest of uh, chapters uh, 9 through 16. And then the following week, we'll start teaching verse by verse through Acts 17. And so uh, Luke wrote to a guy named Theophilus, and he divided the chapter, or Acts, the book, up into six sections Every section ends with either the Word of God continued to increase, the church multiplied, the Word of God increased or multiplied, the church increased in number, the Word continued to increase and prevail, and uh, uh, you know Paul proclaimed the kingdom without hindrance. Those are the markers for the different sections as Paul is really just showing how Jesus' ministry continued. Through his followers. And when we looked at Acts 1, we saw that God called us to teach his message. And Dave, we kind of gone, I shared this at church yesterday as I was preaching about how the message has been diluted today. But Luke wants us to know the exact truth and confidence in that truth of God's word. Powerful preaching always comes from the exposition of God's Word. Not my opinion about Mm -hmm. it, but what it actually says. Jesus was quoting the Old Testament, and now his followers are doing that in the book of Acts as they preach their messages. We're going to see that in chapter 2 and 4. But they also were, he called them to teach his priority, which was God's kingdom, his power over death and sin. He didn't come to overthrow Rome. He came To give us a new life. Mm. And that's why he came. That was his priority. And he wanted them to follow his plan. What was his plan? Well, his strategy was start local and expand. He said in Acts 1, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And, you know, he, at the end of it, you know, in verse 11, he says, hey, why are you guys looking into the heavens? Get out and do the work. Right. It's an urgent mission. And so what happens right after that? is in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit, for the first time, comes and inhabits God's people forever, Mm -hmm. the people that are his. In the Old Testament, it would come in for specific tasks, but now that spirit actually became a part of a person, giving them a new birth, Mm -hmm. a new person inside, and it's a supernatural reveal of the church. It's the birth of the church.
1: It's the new temple.
2: Yeah. Yep. And so in verse two, it says it's like a wind. Uh, it's like a blast of wind, It's the words only used twice in the New Testament. And then tongues of fire. Uh, and these tongues are known languages, by the way. These are not, this is not gibberish right. being spoken. These are known languages. And remember, Dave, when we went through this, we talked about this was a sign of judgment from the Old Testament. There were prophecies about the gospel being proclaimed in strange tongues as a sign of judgment mm. against God's people. It was it was for unbelievers
3: Gentiles. to show them. Yeah. yeah.
2: It, so um but here's an interesting thing, you know, fifty days after Passover, um you had what? You you, you had Pentecost. And it was about that time, and about the same time in the Old Testament as when Moses came down from the mountain, and what happened? God had to bring out wrath on the people, and 3,000 people died that day. But now, isn't it interesting in, in, in Acts chapter 2 that when the Spirit comes upon people, 3,000 people live. And I, I believe this is where Paul was inspired to say the law brings death, but the spirit brings mm, life yeah. because it, it's this revealing of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, baptism of the Holy Spirit only happens one time. It's a one-time baptism. Now, we're commanded to be filled with the spirit. And basically what that means, every time you look at what that means, that's not some... Meaning, you're speaking in gibberish. It means that the presence of the Holy Spirit is dominating your flesh. Right. And it means that, um, like, uh, somebody who is continually yielding to the Spirit is being obedient. They're living with joy and gratitude, peace and love. That this is what it means. Uh, baptism in the Spirit is something that's positional and given by God. Yeah. But yielded, like being filled, is is practical, and it's a daily thing.
1: It reminds me a little of when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, mm-hmm. and Peter didn't want him to do it. And Jesus said, unless you let me do this, you don't have any part in me. And Peter said, well, then wash my head and wash all of me. And Jesus said, you don't need your whole body washed. You just need your feet cleaned up. Yeah and i think that's a little bit of what you're getting at that the the whole body is clean the spirit is clean we're clean during the because of the baptism of the holy spirit the one time event regeneration that you're talking about where we're saved mm-hmm. and but we need to be cleaned up constantly and we need the refilling and the renewing of the spirit on our flesh on a regular basis. Yeah. I, I just reminds me of that time when he said, you don't need a whole bath. You're already clean. Yes. But you, your feet get dirty. And man, isn't that a great picture of the daily lives of all of
2: us? Well, in Ephesians five, we're commanded to be filled with the spirit. We're nowhere commanded to be baptized in the spirit. Right. So, um, as we look at chapter two, I remind you that this was Peter's first post Pentecost message. And in this message, He reveals the sacrificial death of Jesus, the sovereign resurrection of Jesus, and the invitation that basically it says they were cut to the heart. And they said, you know, when when Peter preached and he said he's telling them about Jesus who was delivered up according to the plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified, you killed You know, you lawless men. I mean, like he's just calling them out. And they were cut, man. And he says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's his first message. And he says that uh, God made Jesus Lord and Christ. This Jesus who you crucified. They were cut to the heart. And they said, what shall we do? And he said, repent and be baptized. So that really is chapter 2. And at the end of it all, what happens? We see this fellowship of believers. They devoted themselves to prayer. They, they sold things to take care of those in need. And what happens is we see this fellowship. And really, the beginnings of the practical gathering of the church, they would get together for fellowship, celebrating the Lord's Supper, praying and getting instruction in the Word. Mm. And that's the pattern for what a, a church gathering should look like. Um, it's not a main event gospel concert, which it's become in a lot of places. Not that there's anything wrong with music, but the whole purpose was to gather, to come together to worship God, come around the Word, which is a part of worship, mm-hmm. and 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 encourage one another. Celebrate the Lord's Supper and, and take note of community. Is this brother in need? Can I help him? Right. See a need, meet a need. So that's chapter 2. And then in chapter 3, we see the personal ministry of the church. What happens? Well, Peter and John were going to the temple. By the way, they're still going to the temple here. Why? Because there was a transition period. Right. So they're going to the temple during the hour of prayer because that's what they did as Jews. And when they went, there was a man who was lame. And what what did they do? We see God is authenticating his word about Messiah what, with his people in community, P and J- Peter and John doing it together, with his power in the Spirit, guess what? Peter goes in there and goes, I, I don't have any gold or silver. But he goes, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And the guy just leapt up and started doing that. Peter said, it's, I don't have these things, but what I do have, I can give you hope in Jesus. Mm. And Jesus sovereignly healed that guy. And it was for the glory of Him. He said, "You know what? Praise God!" He, the man was praising God. He yeah. wasn't praising Peter. And so, we see this personal ministry of of the, the apostles starting to take place. And then what happens? Peter goes right into another sermon in Solomon's portico. And in the last part of chapter three, he's he's addressing the people. Why are you so consummated with this miracle? And what does he take them right back to scripture? Yeah, yeah. He keeps continually pointing them to the Bible. Dave, how important is the Bible yeah. to our ministry?
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, <clears throat> what I'm struck by there is, it says the man jumped up and began praising God. Doesn't that remind you of the the, the lame guy that was let down through the roof to Jesus? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, "Get up, take up your mat, and go home." And the guy immediately did it, and the similarity there is so striking. And what that takes me back to is the beginning of Acts, which has always jumped out at me, where Paul says to Theophilus, "Before I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and and teach." Mm-hmm. And so, all this in Acts is a continuation of Jesus, yeah. Not of Peter, not of John. Yes, they not about this. Yeah, they're being used by Jesus, but it's a continuation of all that jesus began to do and teach and the fact that this man jumps up immediately upon their command in jesus name that it's just like the guy who was let down through the roof is not not a coincidence
2: it's jesus doing it yeah not them well and that's peter's point listen god calls us to respond to jesus it's not about peter's preaching it's about the name of jesus almost 200 different names for jesus in the bible He's mentioned 800 times in the New Testament. He's the main subject and the main point of Scripture. He is salvation. Hmm. It's not a church. It's not a person other than Jesus. And Peter is the first person to preach an apostolic message in the name of Jesus. When we come back, we're going to look at his second message at the end of chapter 3 to round out our day.
1: Amen. Come on back on SWAT Radio. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. Glad that you are with us. David Gray and Doug McCary here. And we are going through a review of the first few chapters of the Book of Acts in anticipation of Doug starting up again uh, in the SWAT Bible studies. We'll be starting in Chapter 17, uh, where we left off at the end of last semester, but Doug is in the process of uh, doing some review here over the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, and we've just been working through the first few chapters, and we're in Chapter 3 now and yeah uh, where peter and john healed a lame beggar and what happens is they start this this man he he is excited he does praise god but he's kind of clinging to peter and john and people are watching they're going holy cow this was a lame man and you know it says he was lame from birth now david think about that for a second somebody you've known this guy would have been at this gate jesus probably walked by this guy Right, And right. he didn't heal him. So what's our takeaway if you're listening out there? Well, here's the thing. Sometimes you know how you wonder why doesn't God answer my prayer. I'm sure this guy watched as the Messiah walked by. And for whatever reason, God sovereignly did not heal him when he walked by. But in his timing, mm. he used one of his disciples to heal the man, and when that guy sprung up, people were going crazy. They were like clinging, and they were gathering around, and here's what Peter said. Hey, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us as though by our power or piety we did this? And what he does is he goes into a message where he indicts them for their rejection of Messiah. Messiah. He says, you murdered Messiah, the one that was uh, coming. This is is the one that that he's the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob told you about. You murdered his servant, Jesus. You murdered the Holy One, the righteous one, the author of life, the one God raised from the dead. You did it now. Mm He's not pulling any punches here.
1: Well, and just quickly, as an aside, I was thinking about this. You see the effect of the Holy Spirit. Think about that it wasn't that long before this that Peter was denying Jesus. Yeah. Right? And now he's doing this Mm -hmm. after the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's a huge difference. Yeah.
2: Well, he went from denying him, and listen to what he says. It's interesting you say that, verse 14 of chapter 3. But you denied the holy and righteous one, yeah. and you ask for a murderer, talking about Barabbas, to be granted. So he goes through, and he gives him this indictment. Now, why is that so important? Well, in today's culture, what we want to do is we want to give people the cure before they believe they're sick. Mm. We want to give people mercy before they believe they even need mercy. Yeah. And what Peter's doing is he's going through and he's revealing to people their deep need for Jesus, their need for mercy, because you did this. You didn't want to do what God wanted to do. You're rebellious. You're, you know, we think we're pretty good. But listen to what he says in verse 17 of chapter three. Now, brothers, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. But then he goes through and he tells them, Repent and turn that your sins may be blotted out. Times of refreshing that may come from the presence of the Lord, that he will send Christ appointed for you, Jesus. He's saying to them, listen, you can be forgiven. Your sins will be blotted out. You'll be refreshed. Messiah will return for you. You can escape God's wrath. You will be blessed to bless others and really um, th- that's so encouraging I mean david that is so God is so merciful that that I know that there may be listeners out there who have blown it, and maybe maybe you feel pretty beat up, just like these people listening to the message, and quite frankly, we need to feel beat up because we've been pretty arrogant. Mm. We've been pretty prideful. No, no, I'm not talking about dealing with the problems in our life. You know, one of the issues is people make a lot of prideful choices. They disregard God's leadership, and then they want to complain about the consequences of that and blame God for his lack of blessing when they none, none of them have cracked, cracked open his word. Mm-hmm. They don't know what his will is. They don't know what – they don't know him. And, uh, you know, and I shared this yesterday as I was preaching that there's people who, well, I did this for God and I did this for God and he never does what I tell him to or or never does what he says he will do as if God owes us something. Mm. God does not owe us even the air we breathe. And when we can begin to live like that, then we see everything as a gift, even suffering one of my good friends says that even suffering is a blessing because without suffering, you don't know joy. Mm. Without suffering, you don't know endurance. Without suffering, you don't know uh, what it feels like to recover from suffering.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, we've talked about this before, and I think you've done a great job over the years in, in delivering this message. First of all, if if the gospel is good news, it means there has to be bad news. Yeah, there's no good news unless there's something to contrast it with. It, otherwise, it's just neutral. Mm-hmm. And as you and Brad and when I was here, when you were gone, we're, we're talking about in going through the gospel according to Jesus, as we get to the second point of that that you were focused on, our problem, <clears throat> that, that we talked a lot about and you and Brad talked a lot about, it's not just that we're separated from God. hmm our sin because some people might think i always think of the billy joel song you know this i'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints right that that somehow that's a better option but but this idea that well maybe it's not so bad to be separated from god then i can do what i want Mm -hmm. but the other part to that message is we're not just separated we're under his eternal wrath Mm -hmm. jesus took god's eternal wrath for all believers in three hours on the cross what was that like and, 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 and we can't get our heads around what the wrath of God really is. Mm-hmm. And so that's 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 the bad news. that's the full scope of the bad news that not we're not just separated and going to be out of his presence, we're under his wrath mm-hmm. and and letting that sink in a little more, I think is getting at what you're talking about that that begins to give us the joy of what we've been relieved of and and forgiven for. And, the, and just quickly, the other point you made yesterday and you've made it many times is imagine what these people thought when they were told by Peter, you just killed the Messiah. Mm. And yet he told them, but repent and God will forgive you. And you always say, you've always said, repent quickly. And and I that's important for me to remember because I know I'm guilty sometimes of well, I have to let God cool down a little at me, you know, before I repent. I have to show him mm-hmm. that I'm serious through my actions, you know, before I can repent rather than just saying, I have nothing to come back to you with except your promise in mm-hmm. Jesus and doing it right away rather than letting it drag out as if as if I can do something to help that process on my own. Mm-hmm. So,
2: Well, you know, David, as you share that, It just reminds me of the end of chapter 3 where Moses uh, – this is Peter again. Here the apostles are now stepping in and doing what Jesus did. Where did Jesus take everybody when he spoke to the people? He took them to the text, the Old Mm. Testament, right? And now his apostles are doing the same thing. Peter in verse 22 says, Moses said – So where's he quoting from? The Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. He's saying this is what happens if you reject the word of God. This is not about rejecting Peter. This is... God's word coming through Peter. You know, so often today, unfortunately, I said this yesterday when I was sharing, is that when we go to church or we listen to a podcast or we listen to a tape, we're listening to people and we think, oh, that's just David Gray sharing or that's uh, John MacArthur or that's, uh, you know, uh, Alistair Begg. We don't think God's speaking through that person. And I, I really, here's what's so different about us today and the people listening back then. When they heard those people that represented themselves from the most high God, they didn't hear it as Moses saying that unless they didn't like what he was saying, Right. right. which is what happens a lot today. We don't like what, oh, I don't like that, man. I disagree with him. If he's teaching in context and explaining the right context, you're disagreeing with God, mm. and and we've got to get beyond being entertained. That's why I don't like the word SWAT radio show. It's a program where we're trying to communicate God's truth practically and relevantly to people's lives, like as God reveals it to us. So if I'm not being a servant of the Most High God, explaining the way he does, I pray that God wouldn't let me say anything because I don't want to say what he doesn't say. Right. I want to teach what he teaches through his word. And that's one of the problems that, you know, uh, Brad said a lot. I've heard him say this and I've said it that we're just spoon-fed and we don't even go into God's word and get we don't we're not like the Bereans where we go and look at the word. Yeah. and let God speak to us through him through his word. So
1: yeah. Well, first of all, let me just say on a lighthearted note, that'll be the first and last time I'm ever mentioned in the same breath with John MacArthur and <laughs> Alistair Begg. So uh, I, I feel a little pressure now that you've said that. I, but I know what you are saying. I know what you are saying. That's a great point that we do do that. I don't like that preacher or, you know, he doesn't do a good job or whatever it is. If the, if the person is preaching the truth and doing endeavoring to speak God's word, then we have to look at it as we're disagreeing with God. So, yeah.
2: Hey, so tomorrow uh, I'll be back here. Uh, you will be back on Wednesday I will. with Brad. I won't be here Wednesday, but I will be here tomorrow with Taylor Johnson. It'll be so, great to hear Taylor yeah. again. But. So, uh, again, thank you, Meridian, uh, Virginia, out West, all our listeners in Florida and Georgia. Hey, if you want to hear more, go to swatradio.com. We'll be back tomorrow. David, thanks for being here. Always today. good to be here with you, David. All right. Y'all have a good evening. Bye, God everybody.